Hello and welcome everybody to a Game Set Match Fantasy Football Special Edition Podcast. We are recapping our Outsiders 2016-2017 Fantasy Football uh, live draft. Unfortunately, our audio during our live draft video was corrupted, so what I'll be doing is posting a picture of our draft board, and I'm going to go down and break down some of the picks going over the entire draft right now. But first, as always, we'd like to thank uh, one of our sponsors, Rolling Cubans. Food truck catering is all the rage, especially with Rolling Cubans Food Truck. Traditional Cuban sandwiches done right the real way with handmade meats on real pan de manteca. Follow them on Facebook to see their, where they will be on their truck today, that day, and they're available for parties and weddings. Just call 631-358-2555 or visit their website at tigerchowcatering.com. This will be a solo cast. I'm flying solo today, but uh, we're going to get as much information as we can. And... Uh, you know, make sure you check us out on our website at gamesetmatch.org. That's www.game-set-match.org. Follow us on all our social media to keep up to date with everything. But as just as last year, getting into our draft, the Chris Tatership, who won our the reigning champions, now Chris Tatership had the first overall pick, just as they did last year. Last year had a tried and true, uh, you know, the way of drafting. They went with Adrian Peterson number one overall. It ended up working out. This year, switching gears with our uh, half-point PPR, quarter-point rush league, we went with Antonio Brown, number one overall. No complaints there. Pretty much the consensus number one in everybody's draft across the board. We have, for our second team, is anyone but Curry, 2016. Clearly, we have some salty people in our league. Went with Odell Beckham Jr. of the New York Giants. Stud wide receiver. You know, basically, he's been going in the top five in most drafts. And, uh, you know, he's, you're getting a solid player there throughout. Uh, Game of Jones, with the third overall pick, went with Julio Jones, you know, sticking with the Jones theme. And, you know, we all know the same the production we got. It was almost 2,000 yards last year, over 100 catches, stud receiver. He's going to be perfect for any team out there. Uh, Dr. McCringleberry, recently with a new PhD, she has selected our first running back overall as Todd Gurley from the new Los Angeles Rams. You know, he missed a few games to start at the beginning of last year, but he came on strong. He's a consensus number one pick overall, especially for running backs. Easily, no question there, no issues. He's going to be the workhorse. It's going to be a fantastic pick there. Uh, surprising everybody, going with an early pick, the Schnelly Bellies selected the suspended Le'Veon Bell. Now, you know, there are some people who would say Lev Bell is, uh, you know, maybe more of a second-round pick or a late first-round pick, but if you're confident about him and you don't think he's going to be there on the way back, why not take him there? If you can ride out the first three weeks of the suspension, he is going to be quite possibly the number one overall running back in the league. So it could, it's a little dicey. You know, maybe I wouldn't have done it personally in that situation, but if you're confident in your drafting abilities and you feel you can, you know, survive the first three weeks without your number one pick... You know, it, it could be a, a huge payoff. Snapping Turtle, easy pick for him right here. He's a Bengals fan. Went with A.J. Green. I'm I'm huge on A.J. Green this year. I believe he has a big bounce back year. You know, the Bengals lost Muhammad Sanu and Marvin Jones in the offseason. So and uh, Tyler Eifert's injured right now. So A.J. Green is going to see a lot of targets this year. I have a good feeling about it. Uh, then we have, I have a concussion, selected Adrian Peterson. Again, now especially with the new news, you know, uh, all the with Teddy Bridgewater's injury, he's down. You're trading for Sam Bradford. It's just Adrian Peterson is going to get a huge workload once again this year. 
And, you know, the complaint is, oh, they're going to stack the box, but guess what? We've seen Adrian Peterson destroy eight men in the box anyway, so it really doesn't matter. He's easily a first-round pick, no questions asked. New to our league, we have Unberkable and selected Rob Gronkowski, number one overall. Uh, you know, at the, his number one with the eighth pick. Now, Gronkowski, it's always the wild card. He is clearly a step above every other tight end in the league. But, you know, you're dealing with uh, Tom Brady four-game suspension. You know, Gronkowski, you, when he's right, he's an actual game-changer for your team. He's far superior to every other tight end, excluding maybe Jordan Reed if he duplicates last year's stats. But that's a big if. So, I mean, Gronkowski, he's, um, he gives you an advantage at tight end every week. Can't complain with the pick. Uh, then we have no roids, A-Rod, selecting DeAndre Hopkins, number one overall. You know, as you can see, a big wide receiver run early in this league. <clears throat> that seems to be the way most leagues are running this year, especially with any kind of PPR format, which we have a half point. DeAndre was a huge target last year in Houston with uh, Brian Hoyer down there. They traded for Brock Osweiler. No, excuse me, they signed Brock Osweiler, a free agent in the offseason. I believe that's going to be a high-octane offense, and um, DeAndre is the clear number one receiver. And he, like I said, he was catching passes and making Brian Hoyer look amazing and sometimes fantasy relevant last year so I think it's going to be a great number one overall pick. Then we have Rub Dez, Rub Dez Nuts so went with clearly Dez Bryant number one overall you know big injury to Tony Romo there's a lot of questions in Dallas but he looked he's poised for a bounce back year and maybe people were sleeping on him a little bit because he missed basically all of last year and uh, you know I had him on my team he was my number one overall pick so I was a little sour on him I didn't know if I was going to be able to Stomach redrafting him again this year, but let him let him be somebody else's headache. Uh, that being said, could end uh, could end up easily as a top three wide receiver in the league. Here comes the biggest surprise of the first round. You guys are all wondering why the name hasn't been said, and I don't know why he fell this far. But David Johnson falls all the way to number eleven to the Lobsters. Now, David Johnson. We know last year was a rookie. I think he started eight games last year, eight or nine games, but he was ended up being a top ten running back in the league. He's a true three down back. Arizona loves him. You know he's the reason I lost last year in the playoffs. So you know, but if he had fallen to me one more spot, I would have taken him. I don't know how our league let this happen, but the Lobs just stole a pick at the eleventh overall, getting David Johnson there. Then you have my pick with uh, Curry's McBitches. Yes. I lost, that is, uh, I was the Panty Raiders last year, being a Raiders fan, but I lost a bet in the offseason to uh, the Chris Tatership, so he got to rename my team, whatever he wanted, so he went with Curry's McBitches. It's a little weak, in my opinion. I think he could have, uh, I think he could have done better, but I'll take it. I chose Lamar Miller overall number one. I think this is going to be a huge year for Lamar Miller. He was sorely misused in Miami. Coming over to Houston now, he's the number one running back. He turned down more money actually in an other to other teams because he wanted to be the guy. He wanted to get all the passes, all the attention, three downs. I think he has a huge, tremendous year in Houston. The only other person there that's really fantasy relevant on the offense is DeAndre Hopkins. So I think the two of them both have tremendous years this year with uh, Brock Osweiler there, and they're, they're just going to they're gonna roll. They're going to be good on offense, I believe. So we have a 12-team league. That was the first round. Uh, so on the way back, I selected... Curry's McBitches selected Brandon Marshall, number one. Marshall ended up being, I believe, the number four overall wide receiver last year, so I think this is a good spot for him. You know, the Jets, other than adding Forte, who 
you know, he's a good runner. They lost Chris Ivory, but they signed Forte, so he's, uh, to me, that's a step up. You know, Forte is better, but he is 30 years old. He's coming over to a new offense. So I think, you know, they didn't add any more receivers. They didn't add any pass-catching tight ends. I believe Marshall and Decker, both, along with Forte, they all have good fantasy-relevant years. Here's another name you guys have probably been looking to hear. So the Lobsters, I believe, got the two biggest steals in the first two rounds. Uh, I'm a little unsettled about choosing rookies this high, so I passed on him. But the Lobsters selected Ezekiel Elliott with the second pick of the second round. Could end up being the number one overall running back, especially like we said, we discussed that Tony Romo's down right now. So with Ezekiel Elliott there pairing, you know, so that's Zeke and David Johnson as the first two picks. Most people would be extremely satisfied with that situation. With the third pick, you know, coming back down the draft, Rub Des Nuts selected Devontae Freeman. Ended up as top three uh, top three running back last year. Huge pass catching. Tevin Coleman there really isn't going to be a threat. Freeman is going to be a huge solid pick, and I, I love the pick there. I think it's great. I think people are sleeping on him, except for, you know, in our draft, apparently Rub Des Nuts. He, he saw what happened last year, and he's looking for the same production. I think it's going to be close to, if not the same. So, no roids. A-Rod selects Keenan Allen with the, with the fourth pick of the second round. Keenan Allen was on pace for a tremendous year last year before he got injured. He's a huge PPR guy. Uh, I, I love Phillip Rivers this year. I think he, the whole offense bounces back, so I think Keenan Allen's a great pick. I don't know if I would have selected him this early. I usually kind of... I, I like Keenan Allen more at the end of the second, early third, but again, we're saying if you don't think he's going to be there and you're confident, take him. That's where you want him. Then Unberkable selected Mark Ingram. Uh, Mark Ingram, again, you know, you, you don't love the name because excluding last year, he was a bust. People were like, oh, maybe I like Ingram. I want to see, you know, you saw potential, but then there was Reggie Bush, uh, Darren Sproles, all these other guys, uh, Chris Ivory even there. Uh, so there was a lot of people taking away his touches. Now, last year, he got uh, the lion's share of, of touches in the backfield, and he produced. He was on pace for a huge, huge year, and then he went down with a very curious injury later on in the year, basically because the Saints were out of the uh, contention. So I think they were saving him. I think Ingram has another solid year in him. Uh, next, we have I have a concussion selects Allen Robinson. So, uh, you know, we love, we uh, you know, this podcast is the Long Island chapter of Jaguars receive you know Jaguars loving team so we love the Jaguars we love everything about that offense at least and Allen Robinson in the preseason looks like a beast so look for him to have a great season and I I love Allen Robinson here Snapping Turtle then shows Brandon Cooks again it's a little early for my standards but you know a Drew Brees offense the number one receiver if you're confident that's where you're gonna go Schnelly Belly. Popped the cherry on the quarterbacks, took, taking Cam Newton there. And so our first quarterback went in the second round. He had Cam last year, carried him far. So I think he's looking to catch lightning in a bottle twice. So, you know, it's that's where he's going in drafts. If you want Cam Newton in most drafts, he's going in the second or third round. So that's where you're going to have to take him. Dr. McCringleberry selecting her Roll Tide uh, personnel with Amari Cooper. You know... I love Cooper. I'm a huge Raiders fan, so you'll always hear me say good things and night things about him. But he, uh, I got him in the fourth round last year as a rookie. He's going in more of the third round area this year. I think she jumped a little high. I think she overpaid a little bit, but he could end up being a stud. So we'll see how that works out. Game of Jones then went with Mike Evans. See, I would have taken Mike Evans over Amari Cooper, no questions asked personally. But, you know, to each their own. 
So Game of Jones selects, Mike's Ev- selects Mike Evans with the 10th overall pick in the second round. I think Evans has a huge year. You know, last year the touchdowns were down, but the yards were there. And two years ago in his rookie year, he had double-digit double touchdowns. I think this guy is going to be more true to form. You know, picture Evans 12 to 1,300 yards with 8 to 10 touchdowns. I think that's that's where he ends up at the end of the year. And if you're getting that in the second round, you know, as uh, his second receiver, mind you, he's pairing that with Julio Jones. So that could be the best overall wide receiver tandem in the league, quite possibly. Uh, then we have Eddie Lacy coming in with the 11th pick of the second round, going to anyone but Curry 2016. Uh, you know, people like to joke fat Eddie Lacy and all this stuff, but Eddie Lacy's in a contract year. Jordy Nelson's back for this team. The offense should be fixed and should be better. Lacy has looked good. I think it's gonna, it's a great pick right here. Speaking of the Green Bay Packers and Jordy Nelson, the Chris Tatorship selects Jordy Nelson with the 12th pick, the final pick of the second round. He's got an affinity for Jordy. He, he uh, helped led him to a championship a couple years ago, so he's got a little love for him. But, you know, we've seen Jordy come back from injuries and then do it the next year and put up big numbers. I believe Jordy is back there saying no restrictions on him. I love the pick here. I think it's going to be great. You know, again, pairing with Antonio Brown, another possibility of the best wide receiver core in the league. So then Chris Dadership, you know, on the way back in the third round, selected LaShawn McCoy, his first running back. You know, we saw, you know, the, the Bills cut Carlos Williams. Their next backup is Mike Gillisley. Uh, McCoy, plenty of 100-plus yard games last year. We've seen him be a beast. Rex Ryan loves to pound the ball. LaShawn McCoy is a perfectly solid third-round pick. Then Thomas Rolls went off the board. Rolls was, qu- I don't even want to say quietly. Rolls was clearly a stud running back last year when he was before he went down. Uh, Seattle loves to run the ball. You know, he can catch passes out of the backfield. I think he is fantastic. A great pick in the third round. Game of Jones then selected Jamal Charles. Now, you're seeing Jamal Charles in the third round. You think, why is he falling like that? Then we come to find out later on that he's not even ready for week one. Spencer Ware is probably going to take over early, you know, early game duties. He's not back to where he was. This is, you know, he's been injured a lot. But if you can ride out, you know, Le'Veon Bell is suspended for three games. So let's just say they hold Jamal Charles out for three or four games. When he comes back, if you got him in the third round and he's back to true to form, that's a steal, an absolute steal for the draft. Then Doug Martin, you know, again, falling to the third round. This guy was a top three running back last year. You're saying, why is he here? It's just hard to trust him. It was a contract year. He had two bad years before. Not bad. He had two underperforming years before that. He doesn't catch a lot of passes out of the backfield. Uh, Charles Sims is there for that. So it's although he has the talent, you never really know what Tampa Bay is going to do with him. Then Sammy Watkins came off the board again to me a little bit early because I don't know I don't know if I trust that passing game as much with Rex Ryan there and Tyrod's only in his second year. Watkins was banged up a little bit last year, but again we know he loves a deep ball and he can really put up he can win you a week Watkins alone he can put up his. 150, 160 yards in two touchdown weeks. So he is a home run threat every time he gets onto the field. DeMarco Murray then went, and I believe DeMarco Murray has a huge year in Tennessee. We clearly see in the preseason they want to run the ball tremendously, although they did draft Derrick Henry, and he looks fantastic. I think if they could have seen what Henry really could have been, I don't think they would have traded for DeMarco Murray, but it's great insurance. You have a huge tandem in the backfield. Hopefully neither one gets banged up or, you know, they can stay healthy because I think they'll complement each other very well this year. They're both going to have roles. Then T.Y. Hilton came off the board. 
this is a huge pick right here. Uh, last year, Andrew Luck was injured. You know, clearly that whole offense went down when Hasselback had to take over. It is not the same. And I think T.Y. Hilton comes back to form. So I think the whole receiving core there in Indianapolis is going to have a huge bounce back here. Then we had Randall Cobb. To me, again, a bit early. But if you're going back to the Green Bay's offense is fixed to the way it was two years ago, then Cobb was a wide receiver one. So if he, if can, if he can return to that form, that offense can go back to the way it was, Randall Cobb is going to be a perfectly fine pick there. Heartbreak for me because I was targeting this guy huge in this spot. Uh, no roids, A-Rod selected Jarvis Landry. I think Landry, you know, clearly in our PPR format, he's going to be a beast. He looks great. Uh, they traded away Richard, uh, Richard Matthews in the offseason. Lamar Miller is gone. I think Jarvis Landry has a huge year. Then Alshon Jeffrey went. You can't argue with the talent. Jay Cutler loves his number one targets there. I just, I'm a little concerned with the injury and the injury history lately with Alshon. Although, like I said, he could be a top five, top six, top eight receiver. And if you're getting him in the third round, it's it's appropriate. And you can, you can, you can see him being a value at that pick. Then we had Demarius Thomas come off the board. Again, this wouldn't have happened in years prior, but only until recently we just learned that Trevor Simeon is going to be the quarterback. We didn't know if it was Sanchez or Simeon. We still don't know exactly what that offense is going to look like, but Demarius Thomas is elite at his position. He's going to put up his numbers. It's going to be a, it's going to be fine there. Then uh, with the final pick of the third round, uh, C.J. Anderson was selected. And again, Ronnie Hillman just got cut, so C.J. Anderson is... Number one on the depth chart, he's there to be the workhorse, and hopefully this year he returns the value he was supposed to have last year, where he was a number one pick, and if he does, that's huge value at that sp- at that spot. Then we have Latavius Murray come off the board. I love Latavius this year. Again, it's not just my Raiders fandom. I love the opportunity. I think the Raiders' offense is going to be big. I think the Raiders as a team step forward this year with, you know, they were 7-9 last year. I think that just, they, I think they just take a step forward overall. So I think Murray's going to be a huge workhorse there. Although DeAndre Washington looks great, so if you have Murray, try to back, you know, try to handcuff him with Washington. Then we have Russell Wilson, our second quarterback, came off the board. I love Russell Wilson this year. I potentially think he could be the number one quarterback overall. I think you saw something last year where he got unleashed after Marshawn Lynch went down, and they were like, "All right, you got to start making some more plays." And not that I don't think they ever, you know didn't believe in Russell Wilson's talent throwing the ball, but I think that their whole game was predicated on the run, the run, the run. But when he got unleashed last year, Doug Baldwin, you saw what he did. Tyler Lockett came on. Even uh, Curse got into the end zone. This is going to be a fun team to watch, and I think Russell Wilson puts up huge numbers. Then we had a very surprising pick, in my opinion, coming in the fourth round. Chris Ivory. I mean, I know Chris Ivory is a good running back, but to me that is a, a running back by committee there with, with Ivory and TJ Yeldon, and I just don't believe it was worth the pick right here, so I think that was a little early in my opinion. Then we had Aaron Rodgers, you know, fourth round. That's a perfectly good spot for him, one of the top three quarterbacks in the league, no questions. Carlos Hyde was then selected. Carlos Hyde is still hasn't he's still in concussion protocols right now. I didn't like too much what I saw from him last year after he exploded in Game 1. If you have Hyde, make sure you back him up with Sean Drawn, even though that's not a sexy name at all. Drawn had sneaky quality running back two slash flex you know, uh, numbers last year when he was filling in for Hyde. So, 
And he's, like I said, still in concussion protocol. So I think uh, Hyatt is a gamble. And if you're taking him, make sure you have Sean Drawn. Another early pick, even though I know we are in our PPR format, I think it was early. Danny Woodhead got selected in the fourth round. This is too early for me, way too early. Not because the talent isn't there and not because he wasn't a top 25 back last year. But you could have gotten Danny Woodhead two or three rounds later. Like, nobody was jumping on him. That's just not how it was going to work. So I just think it was a wasted pick in this position. Then Matt Forte came off the board. You know, I spoke a little bit about him earlier, switching teams. I still like the value there. Uh, like I said, they cu- they've now cut Kyrie Robinson. So he is. Uh, they're no longer a quote-unquote goal line back there. It's just between Forte and Bilal Powell. So I think both the two of them have good value, clearly with Forte being the front runner. Dante Moncrief then came off the board. This, I love. I love this pick. Uh, like I said earlier, I think the whole Colts offense takes a step forward. And if you paced out last year's numbers, Moncrief was on pace to have a better fantasy season than T.Y. Hilton even. So, if, again, if he happens to be the, the love interest for Andrew Luck in the passing game, I think Moncrief can be a huge value here. This is the next pick. It was Doug Baldwin. I think this is a little bit flaring up from last year because Doug Baldwin basically, in most leagues, was waiver wire pickup in everywhere, and he guided people to the end of the season. He helped me, and I, I like Doug Baldwin. I think like I said I think Russell Wilson was unleashed. I think this team is going to be better, but I think this is a high pick for Baldwin, not knowing if that team is going to return to form to running with Thomas Rolls. Then we had Jeremy Hill. I think this is a great pick right here. Uh, I think. Jeremy Hill still is the bruiser back. Him and Gio are going to split probably like 65-35 on the touches. I'd rather have Hill. Um, If I'm picking one, I'd rather have Hill at this position. Although if you're looking, depending, if if Hill is my second running back, you know, I kind of, I like Hill better. But if I have like my flex spot, I think Gio is a bigger, you know, especially in PPR, I I think I like that better. But Hill is a huge part of that offense. And like I said earlier, with loss of Sanu and Jones, this team is going to rely more heavily on the run game and AJ Green. So I love Jeremy Hill. I love the I love a lot of the Bengals this year overall. Jordan Reed then came off the board. I mentioned earlier when I was talking about Gronk the, that Jordan Reed could be the one to take Gronk off his pedestal this year. And the comparison, if you took Gronk in the first round or Reed in the fourth, I do believe that Reed will be the better value at that pick. I don't know if I could spend a first round pick overall on a tight end. So I think Jordan Reed is a big value here. Then we had Eric Decker, our favorite wide receiver too. The man is consistent every year. As long as he's not asked to do too much, he is like and the number one receiver role. So when he's the wide receiver too with Marshall there, Decker's going to get his. I love the pick right here. So starting with the fifth round, Jeremy Langford came off the board. This man is a conundrum. He's a wild card. He came in. He had a great couple games after Forte went down. But everybody's kind of, you know, wishy-washy on him. They don't know what he's going to be. I don't even know if the Bears know what they what they have with him or if he, what he can be. You know, fifth round, you're starting, you know, the first four rounds really should be like you're locking, like I'm hitting on all these. And five, that's when you're taking maybe some gambles and Langford could pay off. Then we have Jeremy Macklin come off the board. Macklin quietly, you know, in an Alex Smith-led offense, had a great season last year. I think he's going to be... Right around 1,000 yards, 900 to 1,000 yards again, seven or eight touchdowns. I'm perfectly fine with the pick in the fifth round. Matt Jones then came off the board. You know, the Washington Redskins traded Alfred, or traded or released, whatever it is. They no longer have Alfred Morris. So Matt Jones is the guy, supposedly. Except he has an injured shoulder. He had fumbling issues last year. 
So if you ha- again, if you have Matt Jones, a, a name to think about is Robert Kelly, K E L L E Y. Make sure you back him up because he had a good preseason. Should anything happen with Matt Jones, fumbling or injury, that is the guy you want backing him up. Then we have Jonathan Stewart. See, Jonathan Stewart's a name I think I should have, I would have taken off the board before Matt Jones and Langford because I just think I believe in him more. The opportunity's there, a better offense overall. I, I like Jonathan Stewart. I think this was a, uh, a bargain here in the fifth round. Then we have Julian Edelman, you know, Mr. Mr. Slot Guy himself. I think he'll be okay with Jimmy Garoppolo. But when him and Tom Brady get back in sync, he's poised for 90-plus catches again this season. So, again, the PPR status, love it. Golden Tate, this guy, you know, Calvin Johnson has gone in Detroit, so everyone assumes Golden Tate is going to be the number one. And they're probably right. He has very sure hands. He has chemistry with uh, Matt Stafford. We saw two years ago when Calvin was beat up a little bit, Golden Tate came in and he took over. He had great, you know, great stats with him, so fine with that. Then Kelvin Benjamin went up as the seventh pick in the fifth round. Benjamin is coming off a hope missing all of last year where his team went to the Super Bowl without him. I think he's out to prove something, and I believe Benjamin has a nice bounce back year. He had a great rookie campaign, but I think if I'm gonna if I'm gonna stat him out off the top of my head, I'd give him eight hundred fifty to nine hundred fifty yards and six touchdowns, which is fine for a fifth round guy. You know, I think it's gonna be fine there, but I do believe there's a lot of weapons in Carolina, so he he won't get the same lion's share as he did his first season when he was a breakout. And we have old man strength, Frank Gore. You know, that, that offensive line, besides uh, shoring up a new center for Andrew Luck, I'm not thrilled with it. Frank Gore says he wants to be a 1,000-yard rusher again. I don't see it happening. I see him being more in the 800s, like low 800s, with maybe four or five touchdowns overall. I just think there's better upside guys here at this point. Then we have Travis Kelsey come off the board. To me, it's a little bit early. I know that the tight end run is coming, and there's some more people coming off the board. I just think it's a bit early for a guy who he had a great first season. He had an okay year last year, and that just that team just doesn't pass that much. It's a running run first team, so I think it was a little bit early. Then we have Tyler Lockett. This is too early for me. Uh, I love I love Tyler Lockett, but I love Tyler Lockett in the seventh, not the fifth. So I just think it was just too early of a pick. Greg Olson then came off the board. It's another tight end, like we discussed about. To me, it's a little bit early again for Olson. You know, this is a guy clearly though. You know, with the talent, 800 yards, seven or eight touchdowns. It's very possible that he has another excellent year. But I think there's a lot of weapons on that team, and there's no guarantee where each week where it's going to go. <clears throat> then Alan Hearns came off the board with the final pick of the fifth round. Possibly a little bit early, uh, but I do believe in the Jaguars' offense. So this was my pick, and I, you know, when I'm looking at other uh, wide receivers that were after this, I still like Alan Hearns' opportunity the best to repeat some of last year's numbers. Then Drew Brees came off the board with the first pick of the sixth round. Uh, this was, you know, my first pick in the first round. My strategy was to wait on quarterbacks if I didn't get Drew Brees in the sixth round. So that, you know, it fell to me. That's what I wanted. I think he bounces back this year. I think he's going to, you know, we've seen him easily throw for 4,000-plus yards, 35, 40 touchdowns. This is a guy I'm not going to pass up on, especially in our league. We get bonuses for yardage, you know, for um, 300-plus yard games, 350-plus yard games, and we have six points per touch passing touchdown. So I think Drew Brees is a huge value there, and I love, I love that he fell to me. Then Michael Floyd went, you know, first one of the first big three Card- Cardinals receivers. 
I'm a huge Floyd guy. I love him. I think him and John Brown, even though Larry Fitzgerald, you know, he's the biggest name overall, I think Floyd and John Brown are poised for bigger years this year. So I like Floyd. Then again, we have TJ Yeldon come off the board. I think it's still a bit too early. This is the same gentleman that selected Chris Ivory earlier too. So you're hoping one of those hit, but in rounds four and six, I'm not taking either one of those. Just way too early. Then we have D'Angelo Williams come off the board. It's hard for me to argue this point because you're getting three weeks of clear-cut running back one numbers, and should anything go wrong with Le'Veon Bell, he is a stud. But I just don't know if I could have burned a six-round pick on a guy that, with all intents and purposes, once Le'Veon Bell comes back, he's not going to touch the ball. I think I just would have went... I would have looked for more upside overall. Then Emmanuel Sanders came off the board... I think, it's, I think it's great value here. At number six, six round, I think Emmanuel is going to have a solid fine year. I think the Broncos are going to be decent overall again. So I, I think this, this is a great pick overall. Delaney Walker, way too early. I know he had just under 1,000 yards receiving, but that is going to be a run first team this year. I know the receivers stink, but I just... I think it's too early. It's just my opinion. You know, I could be wrong, and Delaney, I like I like him a lot. Prove me wrong, but I just think it's too early for that pick. Andrew Luck then came off the board. I think it's fine. You know, it, I don't think he's going to pass 40-plus touchdowns again like he did two years ago, but if Andrew Luck becomes three-quarters of what he was at that point, that like I said, that offense is going to be predicated on, on running the ball because Frank Gore and that offensive line are not going to do much. So Luck in the sixth round, I think it's a good value. This is a name that has been rising in mock drafts that I've been doing. I was a little upset he went this early, but Rashad Jennings of the Giants. Now, you, again, you might not think too highly of that name offhand, but if you look back, I believe, the last quarter of the season last year, and when the Giants stopped going to that crazy Orleans Darkwa, Andre Williams, sometimes Shane Vereen, Rashad, you know, a huge committee of you don't know who's touching the ball when and where. Starting running backs need to get a rhythm. They need to be in the game. They need to get 15 to 20 touches. You know, they're going to bust some runs off. They're going to get used to the flow of the offense. Rashad Jennings had huge games at the end of last year. So, supposedly, and what we've seen in preseason, Rashad Jennings is going to be the number one. He's going to get the chance to prove it again. So, I love this pick here. I was looking for him to slip a little bit later to me, but I think the, the pick is tremendous here. Jordan Matthews was then selected. This guy, I don't know what to do with. I know he's got talent. Uh, but now, especially after trading Sam Bradford, you're going to a rookie quarterback. I do not like this pick at all anymore. But this is in hindsight after that. Uh, I just think Jordan Matthews, is he has a lot of talent. And he's always had subpar people throwing to him. And it only got worse this year. So I think this is going to be a bust at this pick. Then we have Arian Foster come off the board, who essentially switched places with Lamar Miller. Going, They switched from the Texans and the Dolphins teams. Foster is going to have another fine five games this year. And I say that lightly because I would love to see Aaron Foster come out and play a whole season. I would love to see him return to form to that, you know, that number one overall running back fantasy guy that we love to see. But the guy can't stay healthy. He's coming off an Achilles injury. To me, though, somehow this offers better upside than D'Angelo Williams' pick because Foster, at least you know, is starting and has the potential to stay healthy and get all the touches. Once Bell, Levitt Bell comes back, D'Angelo Williams becomes Bantha fodder. Then we have, surprisingly early, Eli Manning pick. To me, this is a fanboy pick because the gentleman that picked him is a Giants fan, and I think it's way too early. That's, all, that's just my opinion. 
Then the Chris Tatership rounding out round six selected Big Ben Roethlisberger, pairing him with Antonio Brown. It uh, you know, when when they're gonna hit, they're gonna hit big. And when you just hope Big Ben stays healthy, because last year when we saw him go down, he obviously he wasn't playing, and Antonio Brown's value went absolutely down the drain. Kicking off the beginning of the seventh round, we have Josh Gordon was selected. This is another suspended player, yet when he comes back, we've seen flashes in the preseason of the old Josh Gordon. We've been waiting for this guy to come back off his silly NFL infractions with, uh, with you know, but again, you break the, you break the rules, you're going to pay. But Josh Gordon could be a steal in the seventh round when he comes back. Then Tom Brady was selected, again, another suspended player, but in the seventh round, perfectly fun. And when Brady comes back, that whole offense runs through him. He's going to be a great fantasy uh, asset. Marvin Jones went off the off the you know the draft board next, and to me this is a huge pick. I was targeting Marvin Jones myself. I think he has the potential to overtake Golden Tate as the number one receiver in Detroit because I think he's just he has the talent, and I do believe that this is a great pick here in the seventh round. I, I love the pick. I'm absolutely I'm ups, I'm upset that he's not on my team. That's all I can say. Then Carson Palmer was selected. I think the value is fantastic here in the seventh round. I think he slipped last year, but he wasn't going to this year again. Again, we have our bonuses for yardage. He's got a ton of weapons with Floyd, Fitzgerald, John Brown, David Johnson, even Chris Johnson. The entire Cardinals offense is a, uh, a well-oiled machine. Willie Sneed came off the board, another receiver I was targeting who went a little bit early. Not, not overall early, but... I was targeting, hoping he would fall later to me. Willie Sneed, uh, he has great rapport with Drew Brees. He had just under 1,000 yards receiving last year as a rookie, and he is going to have another solid season. Look for, look for him to repeat those stats, and if he does in the seventh round, good value. Ryan Matthews then went, I think this was the steal of the draft. I don't know how he fell this far, and if I didn't go running back early, I would have I chosen him in between more. But Ryan Matthews, and especially with you know Sam, Sam Bradford going down, has a tremendous opportunity to be a fantastic uh, fantasy running back this year. So, you know, this is a great value in the seventh round. He's going in the fourth or fifth round most drafts, so this, this, this fell too far. That was a mistake in our league. Well, it happens at live drafts, though. People make mistakes. Everybody's hanging out, a couple beers, eating some food, relaxing, having a good time, joking on each other, and this can happen. Someone can slip away. Then Duke Johnson was selected. Uh, I love the pick. You know, I, I do think, even though it's on the Browns, he had, I think, 60 to 70 catches last year. Look for him to do the same. Isaiah Crowell isn't a great running back, so Duke Johnson will have the opportunity to get some touches as well. I just think uh, I think he's going to repeat the same stats from last year, maybe improve a little bit. Then we have Larry Fitzgerald, our second Cardinals rece- receiver to come off the board. You know, again, Larry, he's consistency and he is just the classiest man in the in the NFL in my opinion so he's going to do what's needed on his team and last year he had a bounce back good performance year so I think I think in the seventh round it's perfectly fine I love actually I think the value is there Gio Bernard went off from the Cincinnati Bengals in the with the ninth overall pick of the seventh round now Gio I think you know I said earlier the whole offense is going to be uh, with the, you know, with Hill, AJ Green, and Geo, I think the three of them benefit from the losses they've had this year. So Geo in the seventh round is a good value pick. Julius Thomas then went off the board. 
you know, that's the name. I think the Jaguars, again, I think I love the offense overall, like I said, but I do believe that the weak point on that offense, not saying that Julius Thomas is the weak point, but I think the least amount of targets will go to Julius Thomas. So I don't know if I love this pick here. I think there were probably a couple other tight ends I would have selected first. But, you know, we saw that him how well he played and that he is a game changer with his size and the hands he has as a red zone threat when he was with Peyton Manning specifically in Denver. So if he returns some of that value here, some of that form, I think Julius Thomas will be fine. Then we have the darling from the Oakland Raiders last year, Michael Crabtree, who quietly had a better fantasy year than Amari Cooper. Yet again, this year, Cooper went in the second round, and Crabtree is now in the seventh. I think Crabtree is probably the better value at the pick overall because he had, I think, 900 yards and eight or nine touchdowns. Like He had a huge year without people noticing, and people were sleeping on him again this year. They're like, oh, that's a fluke. I don't think so. I think Crabtree has... Another good year in him. I, I think the value here is fantastic. Then with the final pick of the seventh round, Deshaun Jackson. This is a guy that, you know, it's hard every week you go, I don't know if I trust him because he might get 40 yards and two, you know, two receptions for 40 yards and that's it. But he's also that big play guy that can throw in your flex spot and can win you a week because he had five receptions for 150 yards and a touchdown. Like this guy, he's so polarizing on the field. That, you know, to me, you know, he was my pick at the end of the seventh round. I think he was worth the the, the overall value pick where he is because you throw him in your flex spot, especially if he's in a later game. You go, I need a home run right now, and, and he has that potential every week. Then with the top of the eighth round, Kobe Fleener came off the board, was my tight end. I think he has a huge year in New Orleans. New Orleans clearly loves their tight ends with Jimmy Graham, Ben Watson had a great year last year, and now it's going to be Fleener. I think this is just a huge, huge tight end value here, and I love that he fell this far to me. Amir Abdullah then came off the board. Now there is no more... Why can't I think of his name from last year? You know what? I'm saying Javid Best, and that's way too old for Detroit running backs. You know, um, Abdullah was there last year, but, I mean, Theo Reddick and he will complement the backfield and they will they will handle all the running duties but I don't think even the owner of the team or the coach of the team has come out and said I don't think we need a thousand yard rusher on our team that pretty much saying he doesn't think he has a thousand yard rusher on his team so they're going to be throwing the ball a lot then we have Jason Witten come off the board this is the third I believe Dallas player went to the same team so we know where the fanboyness is too early for Witten could have waited then Melvin Gordon was selected I think Gordon has a great year, a bounce-back year. I think he's going to return. You know, Gordon was going in like the third or fourth round of drafts last year. People were deciding between him and Gurley who to pick. And a lot of people went with Gordon, especially with the suspension, or the uh, with Gurley missing a few games early in the year because of injury. And he was a bust, a huge bust. But I believe Gordon has a better year this year, a second year in the offense. Hopefully the other weapons stay healthy, and I think Melvin Gordon will be fine. Then Kirk Cousins came off the board. I think some people were thinking at this point, the uh, if I don't have a quarterback, you know, if I don't pick one up now, I'm going to end up with some maybe I'm not as confident in. Now, Kirk Cousins had a great year last year, and I, he's on a one-year prove-it-again contract. You like that. You know you hear it. But uh, I think Cousins is fine. And in some of his preseason games, we've seen him throwing the ball a lot. And trust me, as long as he's throwing some to Deshaun Jackson my way, I'm, I'm big on Kirk Cousins this year. Then Blake Bortles. I think Bortles had a, you know, we all saw a huge year from him last year. It was a, 
nobody knew what to expect with Blake Bortles. Nobody knew, you know, that, that he had this kind of season in him, especially with the Jaguars. But now people are talking about the Jaguars as a sleeper team overall. And like I said, I love the offense, so Bortles is another good pick. Then Tyler Eifert came off the board, and Antonio Gates, Gary Barnage, Dwayne Allen. So that's four tight ends in a row. We had a run. I think all those guys are fine there, except I think all of them could have gone two rounds later. That's where I would have taken them. Then we had John Brown come off the board, so the third Cardinals receiver finally gone. And uh, he's just coming out of concussion tests and concussion protocols. But I think John Brown is going to be a fantastic receiver. He might lead the team in overall fantasy points this year. So for him to have gone third, I think that was the good value. Excuse me. Then we had Jay Ajayi go. And this was before it was kind of set that uh, Aaron Foster was going to be the number one overall running back. So I think this is a little bit early, and I don't like the pick anymore. Following up, though, with round nine, we have Derrick Henry, which I said earlier is going to be involved in the offense. I love the pick. I think he's huge there. Then Charles Sims, who was a top 25 running back last year in PPR, you know, especially, you know, with, uh, in Tampa Bay with Doug Martin. I think I love the pick there. I think it's great value. Then LeGarrette Blunt came off the board. Now we know we found out that Deion Lewis has been, he got injured, so he will be out for the first, I believe, six to eight weeks. So LeGarrette Blunt's stock went up. I like the pick here. Justin Forsett then came off the board. We've had a little bit of wishy-washiness with the Ravens, and there's we don't know who the actual running backs are going to be. Justin Forsett is, should be the number one running back, but Terrence West has looked great in camp, and the Buck Allen has been a pass-catching good back that's filled in quite nice last year. The, it's just a messy backfield, but Justin Forsett, to me, poses the best overall value to start the season, so that's fine there. Then Isaiah Crowell came off the board. <clears throat> like To me, I would have liked to have Crowell over Forsett because that, that is set. He know, you know his role. Devontae Parker. It's I'm not really sure what to think about. I think Landry's the only safe pat, <clears throat> excuse me, pass catcher in Miami, but Parker could have a big role without Rashard Matthews there as well. So it's it's a crap you know it's crap roll you know dice roll, and if Parker works out, Tannehill comes back to what we thought he should have been last year. Parker might be a good value here. Then we mentioned earlier Theo Riddick, you know he said him and Abdullah will be holding up the backfield. Detroit, he's the pass catching back, the third down back, and he could probably do a little bit of goal line work too. I'm okay with this. I just, I'm not in love with him. Then Tevin Coleman came off the board. I hate this pick here. I think it was way too early. Devin Funches then went as the ninth pick in the ninth round. They're talking good things about Funches. They're saying he might have a more, a better rapport with Cam. He might have a better season than uh, Kelvin Benjamin coming back off the injury. So I think this is a, you know, it's a gamble because they, you know, we've already seen what Kelvin Benjamin can do and can be. But I like Funches. I like that pick a lot here. Then Mr. Unreliable, Tavon Austin. He's going to have a couple good games and a lot of bad ones. I just don't like the pick, and I think it was too early. Then we have Torrey Smith come off the board. To me, it's too early for a team that, you know, is with Blaine Gabbert throwing and Carlos Hyde and concussion protocols, so they're not going to be able to keep people honest with the run. I just, to, to me, Torrey Smith was a reach here at this early. Then we have Sterling Shepard, who has been a darling of the Giants' camp, and the Giants love him, and they say that even with Victor Cruz somewhat healthy coming back, that Shepard is going to be the number two, so I think he has the potential, big upside with Shepard. And then from this point on, rounds 10 through 15, we're going to go a little bit quicker because there's a little bit less to talk about, especially when we get to some of the kickers and backups and defenses. So if you see, you know, at this point, 
you know, you want to, uh, it's gonna, it's, it's, we're coming more towards the end. So just letting you guys know. I'm going to run a little bit quicker. Bilal Powell kicked off the 10th round. I believe Powell has a fantastic opportunity as the backup. We saw what he did when Chris Ivory went down. We saw he had standalone value. So I think Powell's going to be fine. Steve Smith coming back off the injury with the Achilles. We saw he was an absolute beast at the beginning of the year, so he can return to form. And if he does, Joe Flacco, coming off the injury too, is going to be looking to air it out. This is Steve Smith's final year of his career. He didn't want to go out on an injury. He could be he could be poised for a boom, another big year, as he was going to tour last year. Robert Terman came off the board. Don't care. I, like I said, I hate that indie backfield, and a backup to Frank Gore is not what I'm interested in. James White, the new PPR guy there with uh, Deion Lewis out. Fine value, has some has some standalone value, but we know New England backfields are always muddy. Stephen Diggs, I liked the value with Bridgewater. Then Bridgewater went down, where I was like, I, now I hate him with Sean Hill. Now Sam Bradford is there. I know he can throw it, air it out a little bit. Diggs is a fine pick here in the 10th round. Kevin White was uh, supposed to be starting last year, a rookie, but he got injured before the season starts, so he will start opposite Alshon Jeffrey in Chicago. Potential there, but we haven't seen anything. You're taking flyers at this point in the 10th round later on, so I'm fine with that. Darren Sproles came off the board, then Mohamed Sanu, Vincent Jackson, Devontae Adams, until finally the 11th pick of the 10th round, we had our first defense come off the board with Seattle. Again, I don't know why so early in the 10th round, but some leagues just happen to do it. We don't have any extra bonuses in our league for defenses, so I think it was a little silly, but you'll start to see now that one defense was taken, like in most leagues, you're going to see a little bit of a run start to come up. Zach Ertz then came off the board to finish out the 10th round. I really hate the pick now with a tight end there, uh, with a rookie quarterback there, so I'm looking for something else if I'm a Zach Ertz owner. Denver defense then came off the board to kick off the 11th. Like I said, the, the run of defense is going to start coming. Then we have Christian Michael, who looks fine as a backup, and if Rawls you know, happens to get hurt, I think Michael's good value there. Derek Carr, I, I love a quarterback this late in the draft, especially Derek Carr. I think he's going to have huge value. Dr. McCringleberry snaked my Latavius Murray handcuff a little bit early in the 11th round with DeAndre Washington. I thought he'd fall to me in this round, so I lost out on him, which I'm a little upset about. Then we had Tyrod Taylor go, and Chris Thompson, the running back from Washington. Devontae Booker, the backup in Denver. Then we have Carolina's defense go. Then we had Shane Vereen went, which I'm not really in love with that pick, but it is what it is. And then guess what? Rub Des Nuts, who's really interested in the uh, Dallas Cowboys, selects Dak, Dak Prescott. So again, staying with that theme, he better hope Dallas performs because right now he's putting a lot of stock into that team. The Lobster selected Chaje Sharp, the rookie receiver out of Tennessee, who looked great in the preseason, and Travis Benjamin rounded out round 11. To start round 12, Spencer Ware, who has, at this point, looks like a tremendous pick because Jamal Charles is not back to form. He's not going to play week one. Spencer Ware is a plug-and-play guy who can clearly handle three downs. They love him there, so right now I'm holding a lottery ticket with Spencer Ware in the 12th round. Then we have Arizona defense, Cincinnati defense, Kansas City defense. Then our first kicker went with Stephen Hauschka. Then we have Houston's defense, Minnesota defense, Los Angeles defense. You know, like I said, once, once somebody picks it, that's when they're going to start to go. Then we have Philip Dorsett, the third receiver out of Indianapolis. I think it's tremendous upside there. Great little stash pick. Philip Rivers then went. Graham Gano, the kicker from uh, Carolina. And Michael Thomas, 
the rookie wide receiver for the Saints. You know, with the Saints passing offense, we love to see what they can do. Now we're down to three rounds. We had Doriel Green Beckham, Laquan Treadwell, Sammy Coates, the real Zach Miller in Chicago, Jared Cook, Andy Dalton, Marcus Mariota, Corey Coleman, Darren McFadden then went, who was last year's darling in Dallas, but he's could be he's injured. Alfred Morris is always already ahead of him. Poor McFadden had a great thousand yard rushing year last year. Got a little banged up. They brought in uh, they drafted Ezekiel Elliott. They brought in Alfred Morris. So look, they're looking probably to ship off McFadden off a little bit of last year's uh, flair. Then Matt Ryan, Stephen Goskowski, and Kamar Aiken went at the end of the thirteenth. And now, see, this is you know to me this is where I selected my defense. I waited till the fourteenth round getting New England's defense, and I think that's a, a tremendous pick there because sometimes you're going to stream defenses. You're going to drop these guys. Why are you wasting earlier picks other than the last two rounds? It, it doesn't make sense to me. Joe Flacco went, then we had a kicker run with Dan Bailey, Mason Crosby, followed by Jay Cutler, quarterback there. I, I think that's fine as a backup quarterback. Then we have more another kicker run. Travis Coons, Blair Walsh, Justin Tucker, Adam Vinatieri. The Jets defense went. Cameron Brait, the tight end out of Tampa Bay, uh, who we're not sure if Austin Severian Jenkins will be there or not. And then Nick Folk went as another kicker. And then we're down to our last round. Round 15, Chris Johnson, who should have been selected by the David Johnson owner, let that slip away, was picked, followed by Jordan Howard, back up to uh, excuse me, Jeremy Langford in Chicago. Then we had Matt Prater kicker go, Green Bay's defense. Charkandrick West is an interesting pick here in round 15 because although they're saying Spencer Ware is the clear-cut number one, we saw good things from Char-Char last year. I like the pick. Eric Ebron out of uh, Detroit, the tight end. Jarek McKinnon backing up their Adrian Peterson. Good spot. Martellus Bennett. I'm not really in love with this pick because I don't think that team returns to a two-tight end set. Matthew Stafford, great value here as a backup. Pierre Garçon, that's a flyer. You hope that that team just does well with Cousins there. Jimmy Graham, it's an interesting pick with the last pick of the draft. And should he ever get back to where he was, watch out, especially in the 15th round. It's huge. And finally, with the last pick of the draft, Chandler Catanzaro out of Arizona, the kicker. And wow, whew, that's a mouthful. So that is our draft. I will post the pic, you know, you'll be seeing the picture up in the background of our, our draft board to see some right, you'll see some write ins, you'll see where everybody went. And I do apologize that the live draft portion, we had it recorded, but there was the, the audio was all corrupted. So it was not up to par to be putting out as a, a video for our fans, I know, for our YouTube. I, I didn't want to put out lesser content. So make sure, again, that you follow us on all our social media at, you know, uh, facebook.com slash gsmatchpodcast. Uh, follow us on Twitter at gsmatch. Our Instagram is at gsmatch. Hopefully we'll be posting some uh, pictures and videos of matchups. I'll try to get some more podcasts of what's going on during the season this year. You know, uh, my partner in crime, uh, the Chris Tatership, he's, he has a new job right now that's going to take him away from doing the podcast with me this year. So it won't be a weekly. Hopefully maybe we'll get a couple of podcasts in maybe every two or three weeks to update, you know, what's going on in the fantasy season along with what's going on in our league. But thank you, as always, to all of our fans for making sure you check us out and keep supporting us. We were going to try to get back to doing more content. It's been a a rough couple months for us here at Game Set Match, and uh, we, uh, we do appreciate everybody. So make sure you keep stick with us, and we will continue to put out the best content we have available to our fans. Thank you, everybody, for joining us, and uh, stay tuned for our videos coming up soon. Take care.